culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Everyone. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Pop my culture. Everyone. It's the Pop My Culture Podcast with your hosts, Cole Stratton and Vanessa Ragland. Hey everybody, welcome to this very special episode, following up our already double-parter special episode. Oh man, special out the wazoo. I tell ya, we're starting the year off with some specialness. Uh, this is a, a live podcast we just finished taping at uh, SF Sketchfest, the San Francisco Comedy Festival. A great festival. Yes, <laughs> run by some really cool people. And everyone's really attractive. Yeah, like incredibly attractive. Oh my gosh. Anywho, uh, we'll get to this episode in a second, but as always, we'd like to thank people who have donated to our podcast. Mm. It's your donations that really help us to do things like go on the road, Yep. Um, hopefully to do more special episodes at other places, and maybe even come to your town. And believe us, every little bit ha- counts. There's a donate button on the website, and really every few dollars helps us make things possible um and we want to keep bringing you great content so it's really appreciated plus when you donate vanessa will do a fun little rhyme <clears throat> sober this wicked, time wicked, wicked, wicked. Uh, about uh <laughs> who you are so here are the people that donated and uh first off there's uh, donna from southbury connecticut donna donna i wanna i have your baby just kidding maybe that's nice. Thanks. Uh, she also, also sent us a very nice email. Yes. Uh, so thank you very much, Donna, for your kind words. Thank you, Donna. That meant a lot to us. Uh, of course, it, it wouldn't be a podcast if you weren't thanking Sean, <laughs> uh, Father Wizard. Oh, Sean. Oh, Sean. You've gone and done it again and again and again It's like and you're again. picking up the slack for all of America, Sean. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much, of course. Buck uh, up, America. Yeah. Catch up with Sean. That's right. Uh, Michael from Newark. Oh, man. Michael. Michael. You are not a seagull. You're a real boy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> she is sober this time, but her rhymes have gotten worse somehow, magically. <laughs> and finally, uh, with his second donation, Ross from Hawthorne, Australia. Ross, Ross, you're the boss. My Australian accent's gotten even better, so I'm going to have some Vegemite. Kind of started very New Jersey. <laughs> I know. Ross, thank you. Yes, thanks, man. So anyways, thank all of you guys for your donations. It really makes a difference. And now for the special episode at hand. This is in front of a live audience at Woo! SF Sketchfest at the Eureka Theater uh, this afternoon. Because, you know, 1 p.m. is a great time for comedy. The people come out in droves. They do. Uh, it was very fun. Uh, our special guest is Bob Odekirk. Yep. Uh, it's a total thrill to have him on the show. Amazing. So he was a great I guest. think you guys will enjoy the episode. There's a lot of great stories, and it's pretty funny. So uh, here it is. Whoa. Um, this is really fun for us. Uh, when I found out that we got into SF Sketchfest. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I was, when I emailed myself <laughs> to tell me that we had been accepted. Oh, God. Oh, what a day. My mind just flew. <laughs> Um, we're really excited to be here. Thank you guys for coming out on a Sunday afternoon when you could be watching um, the New York Jets play the New England Patriots mm. in a gridiron showdown. Okay. It's, there's playoff or you could be football Bravo. going on. That's true. Either one. You could be. Or whatever. That could be your be. event television this afternoon. Take a sip on that. Well, you know, I like to. Let the awkwardness sit in. Yeah, it feels good. Um, but yeah, we're really excited. Uh, we have an awesome, awesome guest. Uh, very happy he could yeah. be here. Uh, from Breaking Bad and Mr. Show, Bob Odenkirk. Yay! Hi. How you doing? Good. People Hi, on the radio. What? Not... The future radio. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a message for the future? Uh, we are real people. We okay. are in a real place. <laughs> and if you hear laughter and response, that's because there's human beings here in yeah. a real, at a certain time in the past from where you're listening to this. <laughs> this well happened. Said. What you're listening to actually happened. This is real. It wasn't generated on its own by the internet. <laughs> Which the internet just happen. finds voices. Though I think the internet's about to become self-aware. So <laughs> it's going to be trouble. Develop, it just take steel voices from the air and make them up. Like the little mermaid. There's enough, yeah, there's enough of me. <laughs> what? No. What did the little mermaid do? It happened. The mermaid didn't do it, but the sea witch did. 
It's a long story. I'll show you the yeah, part. I never You'll saw find that a lot of Vanessa's uh, references play great with like six to 12 year olds. <laughs> which uh, is our primary I demo. I market. <laughs> well, that's great. It's perfect. She'll get them, and I'll get everyone who can listen to swearing and. <laughs> My kids, I, they can't. I was telling you, they can't watch most of Mr. Show. Well, they I've can never, watch it. They just can't listen to it. Yeah. Well, they have to. No, they can't see it or hear it. <laughs> it's just too. There's such crudity in that show. There's a beast. I'm appalled by product. myself. It's okay. <laughs> Keep it in check. It's working for you. Well, thanks for being here, Bob. Oh, cool. I'm happy to be here. I love the, the Sketch Fest. Oh. And I had a blast doing the show last night. That's I did right. You uh, had a group called Gentleman's Club. Yeah. Uh, of, any of you here Did you guys see that? the show? Whoa. It was so much fun. So much fun. And a bunch of young guys, uh, some from Second City, some from uh, an, uh, an L.A. group called The Birthday Boys. And we just got together and wrote a bunch of sketches and... Uh, did them the other night, and it was so much fun to do. New stuff, new people. You and know, everybody loved it, and you had a, a sold-out house. Yeah, it was real good. It's, good. it's always good here at Sketchfest in San Francisco where people uh, love comedy, and they have money to go to shows. <laughs> they have money in San Francisco. Where I was just down from? at, like, this street and union street and they, they have streets here oh my god unreal Whoa. they can still afford streets <laughs> no one can afford them uh and people are sh- there's cupcakes for sale in stores <laughs> and then across the street more cupcakes no and then a cupcake restaurant oh it's unreal god. san francisco there was a guy Making like eclairs. That's all he makes. <laughs> How do people have? Do they know what's going on they in don't. the rest of the country? Though in LA, there in LA there seems to be like serious cupcake feuds going on. I guess so. I guess they're still making them in LA, but uh, <laughs> but the there's, there's a lot of. I just they got money here still. It's nice, and they spend <laughs> it on entertainment and cupcakes. <laughs> It's always yeah, it's great. <laughs> what am I wrong? Am I wrong? No, I don't yeah. think you're wrong. I'll back that play. There was a show called Cupcake Wars. I don't know what happened with that. Oh yeah, so that's right. There was a TV show called yeah. Cupcake Wars. I don't yeah. know if it was a success, and I don't really understand the premise. Uh, Are they throwing them? No, I mean I think it was an actual war. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was like a historical documentary. Yeah, it was oh. on the History yeah, Channel. Yeah, I remember that. The great. The Great Cupcake War of 06. Oh. Ought 06, I should say. Ought, yeah. 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 Ugly time. Terrible. That really happened, too. Someone you know, my favorite TV shows are the ones on... You guys, I don't know which channel this is, but they're um, physical ailment shows. Oh, yeah. And TLC is yeah, good for Yeah. That. Is that what it is? Okay. And they're titled by their ailments. Yeah. They're like called... The man who my le- into a tree. My legs are so fat. <laughs> or or um, the guy with, you know... Yeah, the guy with... The Did tree, you see the tree man? body. Oh, I saw the yeah. tree guy thing. Oh, or no, but they always they're like, Ooh. it's not the guy. It's always like, I'm turning into a tree. That's what they're called. <laughs> they're, they're you know, <laughs> my fat feet hurt, and I have too much hair on my face. They're they're oh, called yeah. that. I saw that one too. The hairy man. Oh, I, did, I, I was just making that oh, no, up. That's but a real one. I did man. see the I yeah, did, did see real. the guy whose skin is turning into bark. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. That was that was big during sweeps. Yeah, that was. <laughs> well, it must sweeps. you know. I mean, it is it is a you know it's a car accident. It's like if there was a show good. and there, come on, car accidents. That's a show. <laughs> there it is. That's a, that's a great show. Hey, I'm a car accident. Right. Hey, look here. I crashed the car. <laughs> this week on Fender Benders. <laughs> Um, that's amazing. Wait, wait. It's amazing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> was that the sound? Was that the whole theme song? Yeah. Ow. <laughs> it's right. kind of erotic, but it also sounds dangerous. That's what people like. I'm doing some programming work on the side, so I know what I people like. I like it. <laughs> but it is like kind of crazy with the way reality shows are nowadays. And I, and and one of the movies you listed as one of your favorites is Real Life by Albert yeah. Brooks, yeah. which is A profit. Crazy yeah. how accurate that kind of is now. Yeah. It is, and it, it was. Uh, uh, I think it's his first feature, yep. and uh, he wrote it with Harry Shearer, and it's it's a great movie. It's uh, very dry, and uh, so when it is a comedy, and it's really funny, but 
Uh, I one time played it for a bunch of friends from my hometown. Like, you guys are going to lie. It's so funny. <laughs> but then it's really quiet and dry. And they were like, what's so funny about that? <laughs> <laughs> that was an animal house. And uh, <laughs> it's really great, though. It's a great film. And it is prescient because it's about the way people behave on camera and the minute you put a camera on and if you see these reality shows that are like uh the what's the little people show little people big world yeah little people big Love world it. i mean the it, it, it's a lot of fun and you get to know the people i actually think it's fairly harmless but it kind of isn't real life anymore oh, the minute no. you bring a camera in they, right. there is a performance for the camera i think the kardashians have like lost their authenticity do you think yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they right. become right. shallow celebrities yeah. Yeah. Mm. when they were just a so sad. hard scrabble midwestern <laughs> uh, they used to work the land yeah. a lot of people they don't know simple that simple people when it land. started <laughs> oh no <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, podcast listeners can't see the snap you just did. It was really sad. It was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what is with the Kardashians? What is that? I've never Ooh. seen it, but I, I mean, oh, they're guessing. It? They're just they're like really bitching deep. about each other and tell, yeah. you know being rude and <laughs> bitching about their clothes. They've and got presents much. though. They really do. And I <laughs> mean, their book Kardashian Confidential is really good. It's it's it a it's a game changer for and, literature. Yeah, yeah. they uh, did a signing of that at the Borders down by my place in uh, Century City in L.A. And like I've never seen, there's like 500 people there lined Are you up. Serious? Yeah, Such to a get shame. the thing signed. <laughs> it was. We can't. Actually, that's funny you to say. That's exactly this. what I said. I walked by and I went, "That's a shame." And people looked at me like I was like the worst person in the world. So it's I screamed horrible. That. It's horrible. Those people are horrible people. But they're so tan. Look at me, I'm horrible. That should be what the show is called. <laughs> if that was on TLC, that's what it would be called. <laughs> I'm getting more horrible by the minute. <laughs> I have Kardashian disease. Mm. Uh, I would get my, that. My agent tried to get me to do one of those shows. The Kardashians? No, one of those, uh, <laughs> one of those uh, You'll be a pool medical uh, problem shows. Yeah, he tried what to get. What is going on right yeah, now? Yeah, he tried to get me to do. Uh, my mouth is dry, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I'm anxious about meaningless things. Oh yeah, <laughs> I could get behind that. I have too much to do today. <laughs> Sometimes I'm nervous. <laughs> the man with too many errands. Oh. Three programs to record, but TiVo will only let me choose two. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's too real. It's tough. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, The Office. Yeah. <laughs> um, My shoes are too tight. All right. All right. We could go on. Well, I think uh, we'll naturally transition into talking about Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. Turn off the dark. I didn't know it was called oh, man. that. I don't know if I'm rooting for it or uh, I'm rooting against it or i just want i i don't know why see now if i root against it it's just, it might be because i want glenn beck to fail because he's rooting oh. for it you know he right. he went yeah, shot, he, like, yeah, yeah. he blogged about it and i i know in his mind he thought i'm gonna save this show single-handedly <laughs> and then all those fruity fruity pants theater people are gonna <laughs> owe me one <laughs> and and so now i don't want it to succeed because of him and then, of course, I don't want it to succeed just because it seems like such a behemoth and so top-heavy with attitude and, you know. And at the same time, I guess, you know, when you read an interview, I read some stuff about it. And, you know, it sounds like it's a – they made a real – they want to do a, just an amazing show. So what's wrong with that, you know? Well, at least it, it'll have the highest body count on Broadway. <laughs> That's important because yeah. the actors are dropping well, yeah, like Yeah, people flies. shouldn't die to make a Broadway show. <laughs> I just want to see it to but see if Spider-Man successfully turns off the dark. Yeah. I don't know if he can do it. Wait, does that mean it's light? That would mean it's always light. That'd be like living <laughs> That's in... That's not even good, though. Yeah, it's like living in we the North Pole. We'll be so Pole. sleepy all the time. Yeah. Mm. It's not good for your circadian rhythms. No. <laughs> oh, my God. Who's directing that? Judy Tenuta? <laughs> yes, uh, the accordion comic from the 80s. Uh, so, I gotta t so are you rooting for it or not? 
I don't know. It's one of those things that I feel like it's car wrecked the show. Like, I kind of yeah. want to see it just because. But, I mean, Bono does not need to succeed at anything else. <laughs> That's enough. He can just relax. He, uh, That's enough. He put $195 million into Facebook last year, which has now turned into $728 million. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Go away. Go away. But it's not even real money. But he's going to give social networking to all the kids in Africa. Aww. So that's important, right? What? Sorry. That's what he you does. You're too far, Stratton. <laughs> Do you think Facebook... Facebook? I mean, all those things went away. <laughs> Facebook, so all, everything went away. Friendster disappeared. MySpace is kind of yeah. falling apart. So do you think Facebook also could fall apart in the next few years? Wouldn't that be great? It must, right? That has to happen. I would love it if that happened. You're rooting for that. I am rooting for that, and I'm gonna. I guess I'll make. I'll choose a side. I'm rooting for Spider-Man to implode. Whoa! No more deaths. No more. No more injuries. No more okay. deaths. Fair enough. But I feel like something just, could happen to Facebook like that, though. Like it'll just kind of. The next thing will happen, which is sort of Twitter in a sense or whatever, and then it'll scramble to try to be like that new thing by changing everything that you liked about it in the first place, yeah. which is kind of what happened with MySpace and Friendster and all that I absolutely stuff. think it could fall apart because what is it? It's just like all those other things that all fell apart. Yeah. And it's just why wouldn't you just go, okay, enough of that. Now what's the next thing? And you somebody know? younger will make something new, like some new computer person is going to make yeah, some new Yeah, I mean, Twittering got so... There, there's a real faddish feeling to all these things where you where you you first see it and you go, yeah, I get how cool that is. That's so fun. And, you know, I feel like for me, a week later, I'd be like, yes, I don't care. <laughs> I don't need to Twitter anybody anymore. You know what I mean? I don't know. I guess it's still doing well, right? But I think all that stuff can go away. I feel like it's getting so big, too, that weird stuff is going to start to happen. Like this money somebody puts in and they make it into $780 That's not exactly real money, though, right? That's just like conceptual money. I don't know. It's not like it's Monopoly bucks or something. I think it's legitimate (laughs) currency. Stocks and they'd be worth that much right now. Oh. But so. Let's not talk about Facebook. That's oh, but enough. we can say Social Network won um, the Critics' Choice Award for the best picture. It I like did. it. Yeah, it's a good I movie. Did too. Jesse Eisenberg's great. Mm. Yeah, it's a great group. We have good feelings about them. Yeah, Fincher's great. That's a great marriage of uh, material and director because most of his stuff is about murderers and right. stuff. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like uh, this has, I think, a little more substance to it. It's about. I think it's more about people and human behavior than yeah. anything else. And I'm sure he would argue that all his murder mysteries are also about people, but I don't know. It's I just like it couched dying. in this story about Facebook. And I yeah. think it's great. And he yeah. won too for best director for oh, yeah. Next Choice. And well, he, I like it, but that's a little bit of a, um, I don't know. You know, there's, there's these, the directors who do, you know, 60 takes him and um, like Kubrick 2001. And, yeah. Kubrick. Kubrick. I, I don't I don't love that kind of directing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool that someone does it, but I don't want to get near it. <laughs> now, when you've directed some features, when you direct, do you do you do just a few number of takes? Do you improvise a lot? Well, I mean, the movies I've made, I mean, to, to even talk about them in in comparison to Fincher's movies is kind of ridiculous. Let's you know? do it. Let's I mean, I, it. I I I'm proud of my efforts and i think i've learned a lot and one of the reasons one of the things i've learned is to not make another movie until <laughs> i'm really want, have something i really want to make right. yeah. and really want to say because they're hard things to make and they take a long time and then if they're not very good people just tear into them yeah. hard and uh, the worst thing of all that i've had to experience a couple times now is when you read critiques and they're negative and you go yeah i agree mm. yeah you're right and and worse than that is when you go yeah that's what was wrong with the movie before i even picked it up and when i read it the first time i thought the same thing that this negative review two years later is saying and you go it's just not worth it to take on a movie i mean i respect you know fincher and all all the really great film directors who they just put the time in they make the effort Mm -hmm. and so i guess what i'm saying is i'm going to direct more features if i get a chance 
but I'm not doing it. I'm in no hurry, and I'm not going to do anything unless I feel like it's worth doing. And, and whatever failings it has are, you know, I've tried to overcome them before we start shooting. But I think the movies I made, I did them because I wanted to direct. They were movies that were getting made with or without me. Right. They would have all been made without me. Just somebody else would have directed them. And uh, and I wanted that. I wanted to see if I could make it better, see if I could make it well. And it was like a challenge. But I was a, I was a little bit too much of a dilettante in doing it. You know, like mm. I wasn't fully there. It was just like I have these skills. I want to get better. You know, I'm ne- I'm not a person with like natural. Um, I don't. I don't think I have natural talent. I really don't. And now I, I'm. I'm. I, it's nice that people like my work and think I'm good at some things, but I mean whether it's sketch comedy or feature film directing or anything, I, I have a hell of a learning curve on everything I've done. I mean, I wrote sketches since I was uh, in like fifth grade. I really started writing sketches a lot. And and I wrote them all through high school. I wrote them through junior high and high school and college. And I did all kinds of groups in Chicago. And then I went to Saturday Night Live. And I, my stuff was pretty terrible for two and a half years. And then I started scoring with some stuff. And so it took me a long time. And I was learning a lot at Saturday Night Live. And the same is true of film directing. And I, I love it. And it's like the most rewarding yeah. thing that I do that I've done. Um, but I always knew I got to make a couple movies and they're probably not going to be very good. And I'm going to have to learn. And, and sadly the, the, the business right now, you're not really allowed to do that because movies cost so much to make and to promote that you can't really fail. And now I've done it and I'm in a bit of a director's jail, whatever they say, but I'm okay with that. I'll, I'll put myself in that jail. (laughs) Keep the keys. I don't want them. I don't want them. Because I don't want to make another movie till I'm ready, and I love it. I wrote a movie last year that we were getting a cast for, and I, I'm, I love the script. I really believe in it, and I'm ready to go ahead and and make that movie. And I do know you how to make it. it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I said, I'm not in a hurry, and and um, so I, I just knew I needed that learning curve, and you know, I. I uh, it's just hard to get that in the uh, in the world the way it is now with with how much movies cost to make and promote. But you know, years ago, even the great filmmakers got to make many films. Oftentimes, films you've never seen. You know, right. uh, I was reading about uh, Ingmar Bergman, an interview. Mm-hmm. His first five films all just dive bombed nobody liked them he was done there's a great interview with him in this uh afi book of interviews where he said i was done he made uh four or five films and he said i was done that was it my career was over nobody went to him they weren't good and then this crazy german guy who didn't know that his movies had failed called him (laughs) and said i want to i'm going to finance another movie by you i need a director Wow. And he said oh that was gosh. over. I was done. I could never make another movie. And this it, guy who was ill-informed gave me a chance, <laughs> you know. And uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm a learning curve person. So I'll, I'll get back in there with a feature. Well, maybe San Francisco. And, and everyone will like it more than the ones I've made. And, <laughs> and I'm okay with any criticisms people have of the movies I've made. I have worse criticisms. Let's go to the audience for some criticism. <laughs> we, this uh, is a great <laughs> portion. <laughs> uh, you, you mentioned like writing at SNL and Second City and stuff like that, too. What's your process when you write? Do you, do you revise a lot? Are you, are you one of those kinds of writers? Or? Um, you know, I've just come at it from every angle. Um, I would say that in the last couple of years, I've um, gotten less. Uh, I'm, I'm so, a lot less sold on um, on rewriting. I certainly do it, yeah, right. But any idea that you have to rewrite five times, mm. you probably should throw it away. Yeah, I mean, it's, your instincts are probably good that there's something great there, and that's what I've always gone on. And one of the things I learned, a lot of things I learned at Saturday Night Live were like. What I learned what not to do right. you know what I mean? <laughs> um, and what to do. But uh, 
if a comedy writer or if you as an artist have an idea for something, um, I guess I trust that instinct. I would always say, you're right. You're right. That's a great scene. You're right. That's a great movie idea. But you may not have access to the way to make it yet. Right. So if you take a run at it, it doesn't turn out very well. You know, you can keep trying to figure it out, and you might get there. But if you don't get there pretty quick, put it aside and move on. You know, five years from now, ten years from now, you might go, I get it. That's the way in. Do you stuff like that? I do. I do. Stuff comes around more. uh, Yeah. But especially with screenplays, um, the movie that I finished and hope to make, I mean, I want to say I wrote that. Basically, I wrote that in three or four weeks. Whoa. And and every other movie I've ever written has taken two years and it's, it's a piece of crap when it's done. I mean, literally, you finish and go, that's just... I I mean, you're not finished. You go, that's just not good. I just don't care. I lose interest. So I think, you know, I'm way sold on winning ideas and, you know, an idea that, like, oh, I get it. I get how to do it. And it comes out pretty clearly. And if it doesn't have that energy and that flow, you know... You got to try, you got to try, you got to try to rewrite it, got to try to rethink it, but then you got to set it aside and yeah. stop because I just don't, I don't know. That Overall, I would say the things that you're just killing yourself to figure out, they're just not going to happen. I think sometimes like with ideas that initially are exciting, it's kind of like a, a good hook in a, in a pop song or something on the radio. Like the first three or four times you hear it, you're like, this is awesome. And then you're right. like, I'm kind of over this. So when you're constantly dwelling in the same idea and trying to rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, it's got to be like really amazing or it just gets really I think that the energy should carry you along. And, and I think that like, – I, I really believe you trust that instinct. You're right. You're right. That's a great idea. But you just may not have – the way in or the right sensitivity to how to play it out. Right. And you have to just back off, move on. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, 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 but I'm in a weird place because, and when I started and what I would tell any writer is to write every day, yeah. you know, but where I'm at now, I don't really have to try that hard to like sit down and like write every day. I used to take, you know, a blank sheet of paper and just fill it up with ideas and just do that do three or four of those a day right. for years. And and now I just don't need to do that. I just don't. I can just kind of, I, I can be washing the dishes and, <laughs> and go, oh, I know, it. that's a great scene or that's a great, you know, piece. And lately I've been writing for magazines. I was telling you guys, yeah. writing short pieces and stuff. And those things just come to you and that you just know how to do them and you just spit them out and they come out. And you've got something running now in Vice Magazine? Yeah, I'm going to do a monthly uh, piece in Vice Magazine, which is just a pretty crazy magazine. And in New York, it's free, and and they do a great job of laying it out, you know, layouts. So uh, the pieces are going to be all, like, found, mostly, like, found documents and things, like I'm making up. So I did Sweet. one that's uh, this month. I have the Dalai Lama's rider because uh, so <laughs> he performs or whatever. He does presentations at like the Staples Center and stuff. <laughs> so it's a, a rider with, you know, Tibetan beer and <laughs> things that he needs to make a beer bong and uh, an air of peace and benevolence. <laughs> he does not bring that with him. You have to supply that. He just walks into it. That is great. Um, yeah, and next month I have Julian Assange's transcripts of him hitting on the girls in the Swedish bar. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, yeah, that's fun, you know, and the Gentleman's Club thing I did last night was so much fun. Uh, yeah, but so so for me, ideas come and writing comes more quickly, and I, I don't, you know, it just comes off inspiration more than... than uh, like slaving Perspiration. over something. Yeah. Huh? More than slaving over it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't trust slaving over it like I used to. I feel like I spent so many years mostly trying to make screenplays work. Yeah. And just like they just they're just lazy turds when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, turd, move mm, it. Gross. <laughs> they just lay there. <laughs> 
Um, can we talk a little bit about Breaking Bad, which yeah. I think Ooh. is one of the greatest shows on television. Agreed. Uh, which it's getting darker and darker as it goes. Um, we, you play Saul, the, the lawyer on it. What, uh-huh. That role initially, was it just supposed to be a guest star for a couple episodes and they expanded it? or? That's uh, the way I perceive it, yeah. I, uh, they asked me to do three um, the first season, and uh, I, I didn't know the show. I'd seen the billboards, and uh, they called me and said, do you want to play this part on the show? And my agent said, you really should do this. It's a, it's a good show. And I said, okay, give me a second. I'm going to call a friend or two. And I just randomly called the guy I'd been writing with, and I said, you know the show Breaking Bad? And he goes, oh, my God, that's the best show on TV. Uh. And I go, oh, okay. He goes, <laughs> yeah, oh, you've got to do that. <laughs> and uh, so I called my agent. I go, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And, I, and then I got a call from Vince Gilligan, who writes the show, yeah. right. to talk to me about the character. And he said, it's a sleazy lawyer. And I go, okay, cool, I can do that. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, he's, his name is Saul Goodman, and I go, oh, you know, what? I'm not, I'm not Jewish, you know that, right? <laughs> and he goes, oh yeah, he's not Jewish, he's Irish. <laughs> he just took that name to, you oh, know, to so awesome. swindle the homeboys into thinking he's a Jewish lawyer. <laughs> and uh, I go, oh great, I'm half Irish, so let's do it. Um, you know, that's a great thing to be a part of. I'm so lucky. Um, I really, that's like the second time in my life where I've gotten that kind of stroke of luck. The first was Get a Life, which was a show I mm-hmm. loved. And I'd been writing at Saturday Night Live, and I really wanted to leave SNL and go to L.A. and perform more because I love performing. And, uh, and I knew that at Saturday Night Live I wouldn't get that chance. So I knew I had to right. leave. I knew I had to go to Chicago or L.A. And uh, I was hanging out with a friend of mine in Austin, Texas, after a season of SNL. And uh, we, we actually stayed up watching Get a Life till like, midnight. We watched – he had them on videotape, which was this old, ancient form of recording. <laughs> it was a giant, heavy box Ugh, that captured horrible. images. Um, <laughs> um, and the next morning, I was sitting there eating breakfast, and then I got a phone call from my agent, and he goes, you want to write for Get a Life? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I turned to my friend. I go, so they want me to write for that show we were watching last night. So I went out to L.A. and met with them, and, and so that was a great stroke of luck. I love that show. And, and that's the way you transitioned from SNL? Uh, yeah, and that's yeah. where I – so then I went to L.A., yeah. and that was a great job to have because it gave me free time to write and act uh, my own stuff. And, um, and then so – Breaking Bad, so I just got a call. You know, you Oof. want to do this. And and so I went, and um, and it's an amazing show. I mean, I, I guess I, I would say I knew it was a good show, and it, it was a challenge to, to play that um, level of uh, sort of drama and also to perform opposite those, those great, oh my great actors. Right. I mean, Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul. Oof. And it's, um, it's nice too to have you know the humor of the character yeah, too. Yeah, it's that such adds a welcome a, relief. Yeah, adds a little bit of relief because the show is pretty intense. It's really dark. It's really really intense. What it, is the it, mood of the set like? Uh, well, you know they're working so hard. I mean, people are great. Yeah, and they love each other, but I guess it's pretty serious. I just couldn't imagine shaking it off. It, it's going to be like crap so falls and goofy <laughs> outtakes. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, people are. Yeah, I mean, they got to be – it's a heavy-duty thing. So, yeah, they don't break out of that and giggle or, turd in or your play locker. too many pranks on each other. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're just at work. you know. Yeah. But, but you're right. It's, uh, it's heavy-duty. And I also sit across from Brian Cranston and do a scene and think, oh, my God, you need to – he needs to get, like, a massage for six months after he does that. <laughs> Does a season of that? Oh you know what I gosh, mean. After yeah. he's inside that guy's head for for over six, take six months to shoot the shows, and he's you know, I, I mean he's a great talented guy who's an amazing actor and has great craft and great abilities and talent. But still, just to you, you got to commit yourself to that guy's head. Yeah, and you got to stay in there. And luckily, my guy is a total flake. <laughs> Commit to that. Feel that's it. easier to, to really be him. Laser tag. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard work, and people work uh, focus on it. And you know, you have to shoot a lot in a short amount of time. Yeah. 
and uh, you kind of want to do justice to those scripts. So, so it's a lot of focus and effort, you know. Yeah, it's such a great show. I mean, it's there's a lot of great TV on right now, but that's another show that just feels so much like film when you're watching yeah. it, like performance and shot quality. It's so so exciting to have that kind of program like on repeat, you know. Yeah, I know what you mean. It does feel more when we say it feels more like a feature film than it does like tv i think it's because well it's the dedication of the directors and the writer and it's a pretty great thing that tv has now been able to start producing that kind of material and and i guess it's you know two feature films don't make that kind of material anymore i mean you don't have people making sort of those uh, smaller adult-centered, you know, kind whatever, quiet, dramas yeah. and stuff because nobody's paying for them. But it's neat that on TV they are making them and they're drawing audiences and stuff. And The Sopranos, you know, really started that. Yeah. And, right. and because they don't only have to make 13 a year, it's still a lot to make, but it's you can, can, you can have a, a level of quality and effort put into it. And what's amazing about that show to me is, like, the character Walter White is so complex, but it also feels like it's making the transition as the seasons go by to him eventually becoming the villain of the series. Well, that's the progression, and if you ask Vince Gilligan, and he said it in interviews, the really the only thing he had in his head as an overall arc for the whole show was over the seasons was this guy, a progression of a character from a regular guy you know to um, Scarface. Mm. That's his grand, you know, scheme. And, and if he can pull that off, his his effort every season and in the writing is to... He, I've heard him talk about this. Yeah. Uh, progress this guy through, through that journey in a way that makes sense and is right. logical. And that each step, each time he degrades himself, each time he cracks and that that it makes sense that there's yeah. something pulling him and there's just enough inside him uh to to take him on that journey yeah so it's pretty cool it's, it's great happening. to be a part of i'm show, very yeah. lucky yeah we you know i just show up and i work real hard on uh knowing my lines <laughs> <laughs> and, and and tuning myself in but, you know, it helps to sit across from Brian Cranston and, right. and have him acting because he pulls you in. He's like a force of gravity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's great. Well, uh, in honor of Breaking Bad, we do a thing on the podcast called Firsts, which okay. is a different first question every time, like your first concert, things like that. Yeah. So um, kind of thinking of that, uh, what was the uh, first act of rebellion you can remember making as a kid? First act of rebellion. Um, Even if it's just a small, goofy thing. Uh we had a sink with uh, a little, like, a hose, you know, like a, with a nozzle uh-huh. on it. Okay. And we put a rubber band around it <laughs> so it held the nozzle down. <laughs> so when my mom turned it on, it squirted right at her face. I guess that. That counts. Like, yeah. This is going to get Pretty her. solid. Yeah. This is going to show her who's, who's really in charge. As it turns out, it, it showed me who was in charge. <laughs> Did not show her who was in charge. Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. That's what came to my head. That's right. a good one. When you asked me that. How about you, Vanessa? Um, Probably lighting fires, too. Oh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> that's a much worse one. Heavy arson. <laughs> but again, those didn't quite show me... Show people that I was in charge. <laughs> that sounds pretty Proved scary. Proved to me that I was not. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't really do anything... Too bad. I was afraid of authority. I still am. I cling to that fear. It keeps me, <laughs> keeps me going every day. <sighs> yeah, they're coming after you. Uh, <laughs> I've heard them talking. Oh, no. I was just hang, uh, some cops. You were hanging that, out with the bad guy. Yeah, there were some cops in a coffee shop, and they were talking about you. Oh, man. Vanessa's a they're, real uh, problem. On the, on the street eating cupcakes. I yeah. yeah. One time, I used to really want to get my name on the radio for, like, counting down the pop culture songs. Oh, in, yeah? like, fifth grade, like, if you called in and you were the tenth person, you got to say the number one song. And I was really competitively into it. But also, I wasn't really supposed to be on the phone that much, so I'd have to hide and do that. But I got it two nights in a row that I was the caller. Wow. And the guy on the radio was like,
like, hey, we used you last night. So can you say you're from a different city? Oh. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was so excited to be on the radio again. And so I said I was in, from Nashville when I was from Cookville. And then my dad, for some reason, heard it. And I got in so much trouble for being a liar. And he said I would do anything. I would just do anything. Like, <laughs> see why I'm afraid of authority? That's terrifying. Like, you would just do anything to hear your name on the radio, wouldn't you? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I would have done something way worse than that if they'd asked me. <laughs> it's a slippery slope. Yeah, absolutely. You start by saying you're from a different town than you're from. Got a butt full of Coke the next day. <laughs> I mean, that's just my story. <laughs> yeah, it seems about right. Um, I didn't. I didn't really act out much either because I was like one of those like forty-year-old, eight-year-olds. I was like, ah, oh, getting in trouble, so much work. Gotta put on my um, But uh, I do remember, like, uh, for some reason, one day, I, like, I really, really, really wanted to go to Chuck E. Cheese for dinner that night. Okay. I loved their pizza. So far, so There's good. a great band that plays there. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't heard Splish Splash. <laughs> And so you've heard it done by a robotic mouse and a robotic chef and a robotic green monster thing. With that, dead eyes. Yeah. Um, so I really wanted to go, and I asked my parents, and they're like, no, you know, we're not going to go tonight. And I was like, oh, please, please. And I begged for a while, and they said no. So then I did the, well, for some reason, kids think this is like the ultimate threat. Like, I'm going to run away. If you don't take us to Chuck E. Cheese tonight, I'm leaving. I'm out of this <laughs> joint. So, of course, they're like, eh, whatever. No, we're not going to Chuck E. Cheese. So I literally went to my room. <laughs> and I took one of the, I took like a, a broom, I think, or a stick, like a broom a handle that screwed out. And I took, uh, I literally took a bandana and I tied it on the end. Aww. And I put some stuff in it. And I'm I literally walked out the door. <laughs> You're gonna regret it when you see me in a cartoon. <laughs> That's right. From I the 1930s, <laughs> drinking out of a big jug with three X's on it. Yep. That's where I was headed. And then I, I think I got like down the driveway, and then they hollered at me, and I turned around. So you didn't get to go? No. Ah, I didn't well, get rewarded. For you as a parent, if your kids threatened to run away, would you go to Chuck E. Cheese? Oh, absolutely not. No. There we go. That's what I'm talking no, about. No, no. Usually I would just try to like problem solve. Like I wanted to see Spaceballs when that opened, and my family yeah. didn't want to go. And I was like, I will treat. I will take my allowance to pay the family to go see Spaceballs. Wow. And we did. Oh, that's nice. Wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it had some moments, but... <laughs> That's a lot of money to save up. Sorry. It's not like <laughs> now. It's, it wasn't in 3D and oh, IMAX. It wasn't like 2150 a ticket like it is nowadays. Spaceballs. Can you imagine charging anything for that? <laughs> <laughs> the nerve. Mel Brooks just... just He didn't even try too hard. Did he? <laughs> I guess he did early on. The producers is great. Yeah, you do see like him take a lot of his same bits and just do them again and again in the same movies. Yeah. Walk this Different way. Else. It's all comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just more comedy. <laughs> all right, so we're going to try something new. All right. What, because, what? you know, always try something new in front of a live audience so it can tank spectacularly. Yeah. I like what to say. say. Uh, all right, so this is a thing called this or that. So I'm going to say oh. something and you have to decide if it's one category or the other. Vanessa mm-hmm. doesn't know these either, so she's going to guess. Uh, <laughs> okay, the category here is Middle Earth or Hockey Player. I'm going to give you a list of ten names. I'm good at both of these. <laughs> That's the good news. And you need to tell me if you think that they are characters from J.R.R. Tolkien's fantasy world oh, or actual NHL hockey players. <laughs> so, for example, if I was to say Frodo Baggins, Middle Earth. Middle Earth. If I was to say Yaramir Yager, NHL, NHL hockey. NHL hockey. <laughs> All right. So, let's see how you do. I should be able to do this. All right. First up, uh, Tomo Rutu. Yikes. Wow. That's <laughs> well, I don't think there's a lot of Japanese um, <laughs> hockey players. But By the way, Japanese have you ever seen that great Earth? SCTV sketch, the Bobby Stemavolichki story? No. Mm-mm. Oh, man, it's great. It's, uh, <laughs> it's John Candy. I don't know if it's Bobby. It might be... Ronnie or something. Okay. Stem Havelitschke, though, is the last name. Okay, good. And it's about a Canadian hockey player, and it's John Candy and Rick Moranis. And they, when they walk, they skate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great one. Um, uh, so where are, you, where are you placing your Say mind it again, the name? Uh, Tomo Rutu. Tolkien. Hockey. Hockey. <gasps> He's a right winger on the Carolina Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. All right, Great number dream. two. Finrod Felagund. Tolkien. Okay. 
Tolkien. It is Tolkien. He's I, a I Noldoran elf. <laughs> Duh. Um, number three, Roman Hammerlick. Hockey player. Yes, hockey. Yeah, defenseman okay. on the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, Freeleaf Hildeson. Middle Earth. Middle Earth. Yeah, he's the 10th king of Rohan. <laughs> Nobody's named their child Freeleaf ever. For years. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> Freeleaf, get the mail. Um, Helm Hammerhead. Hockey. Wow, that's another <laughs> no. t- This is crazy. How'd you come up on this? <laughs> Just had the idea. Uh, I'll go with um, Helm Hammerhead. Helm Hammerhead. I'm going to go with her because I wanted to get it right. Um, hockey. Nope. The oh. ninth king of Rohan. Helm Hammerhead. Yeah, you know, he was immediately before Freely Fieldson. Oh, yeah. The predecessor. I forgot. <laughs> all right, number now six. Now I'm remembering. <laughs> of course. Oh, the kings of... We all know the kings of Rohan. Yeah. Uh, Miroslav Shatan. That's a hockey player. Yeah. Yeah. Boston there's, no, there's no Russians or Ukrainians in Middle Earth. <laughs> <laughs> I am so lost, bro. Um, Ulf Samuelson. That's a tough one. I Could think be both. Middle Earth? But Ulf? it's kind of too plain of a name. It's too What's the uncreative. Samuelson. Samuelson. He would not name somebody. There'd sna- need to be a twig or something. It'd be like there. Schneider. In- <laughs> Nobody would. He would. Totally Frodo wouldn't Schneider. Yeah. You're, needed, so you're needed in the Shire. I'm going with uh, a ho- hockey player. I'll back him up on that. Samuelson. It is. He's okay. a defenseman. He's now an assistant coach in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of somebody being both. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he escaped Middle Earth and now he Found plays for the Hartford Whalers who don't exist anymore. All right. Number eight, Tar Minister. That's Middle Earth. That's Middle Earth. Yeah, it's the 11th okay. ruler of Numenor. I love Numenor. Roddick Bonk. <laughs> That's just Hockey player, say it again. <laughs> Roddick Bonk. That's uh, again. Roddick is Eastern European, and there's no Eastern Europeans in uh, in Middle Earth. Good. They're yeah, all he's from a England. he's a center for the Nashville Preds, and now he's yeah. playing the Czechoslovakian okay. league. Yeah. And finally, <laughs> Hakan Lube. Yeah. I'm gonna go with NHL. I'm gonna go with the Middle Earth. NHL. He's a retired Swedish hockey player. We got it wrong he twice. Did pretty good though. But it's really a great quiz. It's a great game. Not bad, right? Is that all right? Does that meet your approval? Hey. All right. Clapter. Yay. I I feel like this is like the SATs all over again. Oh yeah. Dog is to chisel. As Roddick Roderham. <laughs> as Roddick Bonk is too blank. Uh, all right, so Vanessa has some questions. All right. Real heavy. Hitters. Really hard hitting journalism. Okay. All right, let's do it. I'm going to be on CNBC. Here we go. <clears throat> hey, have you ever met an Olsen twin? No. Okay, have you ever seen one in person? Uh, not that I remember. <clears throat> Quite you possible. would remember. You would remember. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> little, little backstory. Vanessa does ask this question every podcast. Okay. Paul Shear has seen them. Yeah. That's about as close as we've gotten. I'm getting closer. I can feel it. Uh, and now, <laughs> the natural follow-up. You angered a wizard by making fun of his limp. He is now giving you the choice of two curses to live with forever. These things happen. You must either say, every time you walk, but then you can talk normally. But if you're moving, you've got to go, or you have to cut one of your feet off. But then you're okay. You're done. You're done, you're saying. Yeah, you cut your foot off. But it's, you're done. You're done. You don't ever have to... Uh, n- it, won't, it won't hurt. You'll be anesthetized. Yeah, yeah. You, it won't hurt. They'll just surgically cut it off. <laughs> I'm going to go with the foot. Yeah. yeah. You'd I be thought, so annoying making right? that noise. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care that you stop making it when you enter the room and sit down. And, and if people go... Because you know that for, for a short while, people would be like, you know, it's no big deal. Just once he gets in the room and stops moving around, he's fine. There would come a point where people would go like, I just don't want to work with him anymore. <laughs> I don't, not know. I don't know tonight. why. I don't know why. It's not the noise. It's not the noise. I'm fine with the noise. I think if a guy did have that, though, he would be like, well, I might as well try to de- like, emphasize it by having like a parrot, too, and wearing a parrot Also, hat. nowadays, with like losing your foot or half of your leg, it's kind of like you know, you're faster than you were before with the oh, modern, yeah. modern prosthetics like actually make you as good or better. Especially I'm 48, so like I'm probably going to 
break a foot off. Any day now. In the next few <laughs> weeks. It usually happens at 50. Just so. living yeah. my life, just getting out of the car. And then maybe you can get a TLC special. I lost my foot. I lost my foot. <laughs> what am I going to find? Okay. My... I'm moving on, Bob. Yes. My one wrist is too soft. <laughs> That's horrible. I have a little brain coming out my ear. <laughs> I could use your help for my questions. Those are good. Um, okay, we haven't mentioned... Well, I know something about you. All right. You have met my boyfriend. Uh, in 2003, you did a little picture called Carl Lemke. Carl Lemke. How do you say it? Carl... Yeah, the big wide world of Carl Lemke. Uh, Zach Efron was in that movie. Zach Efron. Oh, not a movie. It was a TV pilot. I didn't even get to see it, and I looked I online it. everywhere. Nothing, Bob. What was it like? Well, it was a TV pilot, and the show. What did he smell go. like? And and late, <laughs> late Meester as well. Oh, she's no Zach Efron. Now, um, <laughs> using what you Greg know, Greg Mazzola directed it, and it was good. <laughs> it was a good little piece of work, and uh, I'm proud of it. And Zach was awesome. What do I you think him. his dream date would be? Zach, what do you mean? What he would do? I, I don't I know. Mean, what does she mean? What does girl mean? <laughs> what does a girl mean when she asks that? Do you, what, you mean, what would he want to do on his for dream For me. What, would oh, he mean, what to... do you want to arrange so that you can go on a dream yeah. date? Yeah. I see. But what would he like? You know, uh, you know him. He wouldn't probably... I, I think Zach is a really cool dude. Yeah, I like him. Me too. Probably wouldn't mind a, f- a few posters of himself. Oh, okay. I got those on hand. Uh... <laughs> So stocky. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm taking a vested interest in someone who I think has um, a brilliant career ahead of him. <laughs> I mean, the I don't know. Take good. him to an art film. You know, Ooh. Zach wants to do some really cool stuff okay. with his life. He, you know, he's he's making a genuine effort. I think. Oh. I know, did you see the Orson Welles film? Yep. Me and Orson Welles. I've seen everything. Did you like him in it? Do you think he did? I a good thought job? he did a great job. I think he's. Great. I honestly think he's so good. I've seen all of the high school musicals, naturally. Yeah. Uh, 17 I've never again. Seen him. He has a real twinkle in his eye. <laughs> oh, that guy, he, that is, he can't, he tried to get that surgically removed <laughs> so he could do art My films. eyes twinkling. TLC. And they can't get it out. They, the doctor said, it's we so just sad. can't. It's so deeply sad. <laughs> They'd have to take his eyes out to get rid of the twinkle. Uh, It still might be there. It might come back. They did manage to get rid of the noise he made when he walks, though. (laughs) One thing at a time, modern medicine. Um, Yeah. I actually know Zach. I like him. He's a good guy. Yeah. Whenever I see him, whenever we see each other, we talk. What do you do? Talk for a while, see what's up. You hug? Do you hug each other? Huh? Do you hug? I wouldn't hug him, no. Okay. But if he started to hug, you wouldn't say, hey, buddy. What was that? that Wait, are you going to do like... I would ask him, did you hear that I'm dying or something? (laughs) (laughs) You're not planning to do some sort of creepy hug by association backstage with Bob, are you? No, I'm just asking, do you have anything on your person that he's touched? (laughs) 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 And if so, I need a minute. (laughs) My soft wrist. (laughs) My mushy wrist. My mushy wrist. (laughs) Okay, I have another question. <clears throat> this one's really hard. <laughs> a wood nymph has it out for you. Uh-huh. Yikes! This has happened. Yeah. Go ahead. You must now accept your fate. Either, and I really love this question. I think it says a lot about a person. You can agree to become a mud man, and your body is a pile of mud with your head on top of it. Uh-huh. You can't move unless somebody like shovels you into a wheelbarrow. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> But you give really great advice, and everyone likes to come and ask you advice. Or, or, or you look just the same as you look now, right. but your only way of communicating is you barf out mud, and then you write in, in it with oh. your finger. <laughs> Hard-hitting journalism. I ask the tough questions. Take your time with this one, I'm Bob. crying. For the people on the podcast, I'm, I, there's a tear in my eye right now. <laughs> she got to me. Um, Broke My down. secret fear. Um, I'm going to be the uh, advice-giving blob of mud. Amen. Me people want to come see you. They want to yep. hang out with you. For They have a reason to come around. The guy who vomits, 
<laughs> well, you vomit mud. I don't oh. care. It's not. I don't care that you can write in the mud after you vomit it out. No one wants to be around that. I don't care how good you are at anything or how much good advice you have. At least, you know, I'll okay. tell you the one thing about. I always tell my kids this. Um, the one thing about how you look. I mean, obviously, there's people like Zac Efron where mm-hmm. people, everyone's in love with them or whatever. <laughs> but okay. almost anything, people, I always tell my kids, no one's, no one looks at each other. They don't look at e- the other people around them very much. Yeah. They don't, especially guys, you know. I mean, women know this. Like, they can get amazing haircuts, I guess, and guys are like, oh, what? <laughs> did you notice my haircut? Well, how did you... You, I, you still have hair, right? <laughs> like, they don't. People don't look at each other. You put all this stuff on. You dress up. They think everyone's thinking about themselves. <laughs> they're not thinking about you, and they're not noticing. You know what I mean? Like I think, especially mud, guys. Man. Especially guys. No, yeah. they'd be like the fifth time. Are you made of mud? <laughs> yeah. I've been made of mud for six months. A wood nymph made me do... Uh, you've, we've seen each other ten times. We went to lunch. You had to scoop me up. Oh, right, right. Didn't you oh. see my TLC special? I was on TLC. You know, and they're making a movie. Daniel Day-Lewis it was in Variety. There's a dream. But you know what I mean? It's like you, it's no, true. seriously, no, you'd be the mud sure. guy with the head, and people wouldn't even notice. They'd be like, Did you see that I got my eyebrows done? You didn't see that? No. <laughs> if Daniel Day Lewis got that part, though, he'd be really frustrated because he wouldn't know how to do method. Like, I can't turn myself to mud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can make it work. I know how to do it. He'd, he'd figure out some way. <laughs> that guy's a genius. Just go around pissing off wood nymphs. <laughs> he, yeah, whatever it took. It's a dangerous road. Um, Next one, let's yep, go. I'm, yep. I, so Are you on far, fire? I'm scoring 90%. You're doing really well. Uh, congrats. Thank you. You are producing and creating All Ashton right. Kutcher's next big movie. Uh oh. You're also co starring in it. Oh Uh-oh. boy. Now, what's the name of the movie? <sighs> These are easy. <laughs> Just kidding. And. Here's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> that could so happen. It's kind of yeah, good, yeah, right? Because, like, <laughs> it's kind of honest. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yet it kind of could work for, yeah. like, a romantic comedy. Yeah. You know, here's what you get. It's the guy who's He is mess. what he is. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. also it works for the movie. Like, when people go, can I get my money back? <laughs> It's Here's just a lame movie. Well, it is called Here's What You Get. I mean, don't. It's got a picture of Ashton Kutcher, and it's called Here's What You Get. What did you think you were going to get? And he's definitely going, mm. This latest one with oh. him, I mean, if you go to that, you, no get, you got what you deserve. You, they were they are totally honest. They put his picture on the poster with Natalie Portman. Yeah. They have a... A very uh, uninteresting title, which I can't remember right now. No strings attached. And there you go. No strings attached. <laughs> if you are upset by the fact that it's not very funny or very <laughs> interesting or very worthwhile, you're an idiot. And <laughs> tough, like, hey, tough no strings beans. attached. That would man. be another title. Yeah, tough beans. Oh, tough, tough beans. beans. I like that. <laughs> they, are, they are saying that no strings attached is Natalie Portman's Norbit. Ooh. Because literally, like all this praise for her in Black Swan, and then this is going to come out at the end of it, kind of like the Eddie Murphy and the Dream Girls thing, and then Norbit happened, and then, yeah. So Norbit yeah. did happen. We'll see. Yeah, I, I, that, you know, I've never cared. I don't care that much about celebrities. And Ashton Kutcher seems like a happy-go-lucky guy, and always got a camera, har- sort of harmless. But this thing is a little bit like I'm seeing these posters made me go, "All right, guy, come on." Well, it's like you can't just. <laughs> You can't just invite yourself into every party because at some point people are going to go, come on, do something. Do something. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. In a place where, like, movies aren't being made that much, he's making them all the time. He's got it. Something figured out. But the movies aren't doing so well. So what? Oh, ouch. It's just merchandise. Oh, man. That kind of thing. Bummer. (laughs) 
Uh, what, did I make you feel bad? <laughs> well, it is, in really fairness to No Strings movie. Attached, it is a January movie, so you know it's not going to be good. Because everything that comes out this month is awful. Season, of, Season of the Witch, that Nicolas Cage movie, has a 1% oh on Rotten Season Tomatoes. Season of the Witch? 1%. What is that? That is a movie that is made... That's going to be like the number one movie in Romania for <laughs> two, two years. Big and middle earth. Crazy big movie in Romania, <laughs> Armenia, all around the Black Sea. It's just season of witch. It's kind of like the Godfather over it's there. It's just two hours of Nick Cage going, you're a witch, come on, man. Like, that's all it is for two hours. But 1%, that means like 99 out of 100 critics panned it. Wait, it, got, it really has 1%? It has 1% on there. Oh. Little Fockers at least had 7%. Yeah. Which is the still awful. Seven. Yeah. Well, those were my uh, great questions. I love them. Thanks, they Bob. They were great. Oh, you're great. You're awesome. You're, I love them. And I love the hockey Lord of the Rings thing. We didn't <laughs> really touch on Mr. Show, but you've touched on it a lot. And I've uh, talked about it a lot. Yeah. You know, one of the things I was saying was uh, doing Gentleman's Club last night here at San Francisco uh, Sketchfest was uh, just so much fun to do new material yeah. and do something new. And I... I I really, I'm so proud of Mr. Show, and we put a As lot of thought be. into it and a lot of effort into it. And when we were making it, people asked me, you know, did you know you're making something good? And I do. I mean, yeah. I remember making it and going, this is good stuff. You're going to be able to watch this in 10 years and still laugh. But I've also just talked about it a lot because a lot of thought went into it, and so there's a lot of things to talk about. But my wife a made a book following. about it called yep. What Happened, which was it's a really fun book if you like Mr. Show. And, uh, and just it's been, the, you know, a lot of done a lot of interviews around it. But I'm so done yeah. with it. I'm so done with it. I'm ready for whatever's next. So. And a lot of things are next. You've got a lot of things. Yeah, I'm working on a lot of different projects and, and maybe even a new sketch show for television. So, oh, that would be awesome. Yeah. So we'll see. Do it. Yeah, oh, I'll do it if I can. You could call it, here's what you get. (laughs) Cool beans. Oh, no, not cool beans. What was it called? Tough Tough beans. beans. Tough beans. (laughs) Opposite. Opposite of cool beans. (laughs) Well, thanks for coming on, Bob. All right. Happy to be here. A lot of fun. Thank you guys for coming. Uh, Thank you, everyone. You can follow the podcast at PMC Podcast on Twitter. Uh, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. And, uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for coming. Bob Odekirk, everybody. The Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.